0: Hello, all you beautiful people. This is Optimistically Depressed, and I am your host, Ruth McMullen. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to my podcast. I really appreciate it, and I hope that you find it to be helpful for you. I know that for me personally, this podcast has been a great source of healing. So, some of the things I've been thinking about lately are um, the healing properties of poetry. I've been reading more poetry lately, and it's amazing how, as I'm reading it, it's like it helps put words to a lot of the feelings that I have. And so then I've started writing some poetry more, and it's incredible how when, I'm, when I first sit down, I'm feeling really down and heavy, and then when I write, when I finish writing, it's like I, can, I get all of that emotion out, and I feel so much better. And that actually makes me think a lot about my grandmother, because she was a poet, and actually today is, would have been my grandmother's birthday, and so I'm thinking about her more. And in past years, this would be a really difficult day for me because, you know, I just think about how much I miss her. And while that is very true for today, it's also kind of happy. It's nice to be able to think of Grandma and all of the things about her that I just adored And one of those things was poetry. She was, she could write about the most ridiculous thing and it would be a work of art. I remember one poem I read about uh, her old hallway. She hated that hallway because it was very aesthetically unpleasing. And she basically wrote about how she felt like that hallway would be that way forever, that she would pass and go on before that hallway was uh, ever something that would be an appealing spot to be in <laughs> so um just for the record that hallway did get repaired and it looked very nice by the time she passed on <laughs> uh so i yeah i'm just i'm thinking about grandma today and uh and it's it's nice it's good happy birthday grandma and uh to all of you out there if uh if you have the time, I would really appreciate it if you, can, if you can rate and review my podcast. I've noticed that some of you have been doing that, and it means so much to me. Thank you so much. I would also love to hear your story. I think that everybody has a very unique story, and if you want to be able to share some of your story, I, I want to hear it, and I want to provide a platform for you to share it. So you can contact me through, through Optimistically Depressed. I have an Instagram account. You can find me at Optimistically Depressed and give a follow while you're at it. And you can also contact me by email, optimisticallydepressed86 at gmail.com. Or you can go to my website, optimisticallydepressed.com and send me a message through there. I also uh, want to say thank you to Angela with Simple Rituals Skin Care. She sponsors me. And, uh, Angela, just all my love goes out to you. Thank you for helping make this happen. I, uh, I got to speak with T. Johnny. And he is such an inspiring individual. He's on fire. He's just one of those people that is... Uh, whenever you talk to him, you find yourself laughing until your stomach hurts and also being just so inspired and enriched. He's such an incredible individual and he actually has his own podcast. It's called Quirky and or Queer. And, uh, I, yeah, I think that he would definitely be worth a listen. Definitely. So go and check him out. And, uh, yeah, also, I just hope that you enjoy the conversation that he and I got to have. He's, he's awesome. So without any more, I would love to introduce you to T. Johnny. I I love you so much. Oh, thanks. <laughs> hanging out has like we, so we've been hanging out already for an hour. Yeah. And I love you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I stole thank you.
1: I've stolen all your makeup brushes, so we'll see how you feel later. <laughs> <laughs> this is a test. And I'm wearing your foundation. Can you tell? No. It looks great Thank on Thank you. I know it does. Our that's skin
0: well. tones are very similar. I think
1: they are actually kind of like olivey, think, yeah, like olive-y. not pinky, more like a greenish brownish undertone. Yeah. Yeah. We're twins.
0: We're twins. Yep. Yeah,
1: you ha- you can keep the kids. I, that's too much for me. <laughs> that's
0: fine. All right. I kind of gotten used to them now. Okay, good.
1: Sometimes I look at my dog. I'm like, what have I done? <laughs> So, so now that we're actually recording, I start sweating instantly. I'm like, oh, pressure's on. I
0: know, the same thing will happen to me. Yeah, I'll start sweating. was like on, on other people's podcasts.
1: <laughs> Sorry, you're going to hate uploading this one. I'm so looking forward to it. Your poor listeners it. are going to be like, who is this guy?
0: Is, it's T. Johnny. T.
1: Johnny, yeah.
0: I, oh my goodness, I love it. I love it. I have you in my phone as uh, Tyler T. Johnny.
1: That works. Yeah, I don't have you saved. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just, just, the phone's here. I'm going to do it now because I feel bad about that.
0: Mm. Um, I love to motivate people through shame. and It's
1: It's a behavior corrector for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Are no, I, I do have you saved as Ruth Hailstone. Never mind.
0: Oh, lied. I, that's my maiden name. My I love it. I love it.
1: Yeah, because I, I see Ruth Hailstone is on your Instagram. Yeah. And, then, and then I see like everything else is m- McClellan. McMullen. McMullen, sorry. McClellan's yeah. other Sarah, who's wonderful.
0: Yes, who's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, she's really great.
1: Yeah. So here we are.
0: Here we are. I'm so happy about it too.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah,
0: the first time we met um, was funny because yeah. I was I was in a meeting with somebody else, <laughs> and then you like kind of like you came in and I was and I was waiting for you, but you didn't know that I was yeah, like
1: I didn't check my phone.
0: Like wait, <laughs> right? And then and so then and you didn't want to like interrupt, so no. then you just like kind of came and like subtly sat at the table like
1: behind me. I'm or glad you me. said subtly because in my mind I was like I'm being so creepy. <laughs> Like, literally sat in the table behind you with a sweet treat and a coffee and just stared at the back of the heads of both of you. It was like, give them their space, Tyler. Give them their space. And then you just, like, turned around and you were like, oh. And I'm like, hi. (laughs) (laughs) It worked out. It worked out. You obviously weren't too freaked out because you bought two treats and we split them.
0: And they were so great. So good. Yeah. Mm. Uh, right, oh, my mm-hmm. goodness, thinking about them is actually like my
1: mouth is like sweating, but I was thinking too yeah. like driving over <laughs> so here, it's like the snow's gone, and remember snow that was just a week and a half ago, and there was so much snow so
0: it's, much snow, yeah,
1: and now I'm recognizing the snow's melting because all the dog poop I haven't picked up is, is like all of a sudden a, like there, and I'm like, oh, oh no, <laughs> it's starting. and we live in a townhouse too, so like the lawn is shared, I'm like, oh, I'm that guy. <laughs> Are you allowed to swear on this podcast? Yes. Okay, thank God. <laughs> I... Fucking God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> coffee was strong. <laughs> mm. I like my coffee strong. Me too. Oh my gosh.
0: It's the only way that I can... Yeah,
1: life's hard enough. It's right. Well, I don't want weak coffee. I don't Or want... men. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to make a really bad joke, but I'm not going to now. Yeah. <laughs> I just say I don't take sugar with either. (laughs) I'm sweaty.
0: (laughs) I know, it's so snug in this closet. (laughs) Yeah, we're in
1: your closet. Do you do do most of the interviews in in your closet? Yeah, I've done
0: all of them since uh, Spencer, which was the first one with Spencer. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. No, I've done all of them since Jen, which was like she was very early.
1: Yeah, have you have have you had any other gay guys on your podcast?
0: No, no.
1: So I'm no. the first gay guy who you had to bring to your closet.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you should have like little awards that you give out to people, like first gay that I put in the closet. I put like, it in I'll the closet. Send it right to my grandma. she would be like, "I'm so proud of me son." <laughs> no get a wife. No. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like using like glittery sweaters as like head dra- dresses and wraps. <laughs> Uh, anyway (laughs) you probably have a list of questions in like a format and i'm just like i'm gonna disrupt all of it i totally don't (laughs) okay good i just wing it maybe you should try (laughs) you're like yeah i've been meaning to say something (laughs) (laughs) i have like three core questions that i ask on mine and then i just let the conversation go where it needs to go yeah yeah oh then i said when we first met like your questions are often very thoughtful open-ended like critically reflective so like that's what you'd want at an interview oh
0: wow I think, thank anyway. you so much you're you, welcome yeah thank you very very much <laughs> yeah. i really yeah i really like you i feel Thanks. like we've we've uh you're my spirit animal we i
1: we definitely <laughs> jive there's like a, a yeah there's a a camaraderie of like how absurd life is i think it's like i think we have a similar view on that and then the, mm. the, the ability to laugh at it i think is something we share and i think that's what i I really value out of the people in my network and the, the people that I've cultivated over the last like five years. Like that's what I, I look for. Mm-hmm. You know, I love people who can be sarcastic but not cruel. Yes. You know? like, I don't want yeah. cruel sarcasm. I want oh. like self-deprecating but in like a positive light. Yes. Optimistically depressed. Totally Yes. There's a nugget of truth in there. We'll find it later when we edit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh.
0: I, yeah. How are you?
1: Good. I'm uh, good, busy. It's like spring-ish and like life in school and stuff and mostly good. I had a down week. Like, I don't know if you're like this, but like, I don't know if it's a seasonal change or if it was the the time change or what. But like, I've definitely had a down week, but i have also getting so much better at doing the things I need to do and still showing up with a smile. That's which is awesome. important. yeah, but there are moments like Monday and Tuesday, I spent the afternoons in bed. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean? but like still did two improv shows that week or this week and and like did all my schoolwork and did everything else. but there's definitely like the undercurrent of where I come back to my resting place is a little bit lower than I'm than I'm used to. Yeah, so I'm still doing the things, but the the resting place is a little lower.
0: It's been the same for me. Yeah. Yesterday I actually I w- found myself in bed. Yeah. <laughs> partway through. Like and it was like and it wasn't even intentional. Like yeah. it, it was just kind of like you kind of it just kind of happens yeah. before you really realize what's going on. Cuz
1: you don't it's you don't know what you're doing when you do it sometimes and then you do it and then afterwards you're like, "Oh, that's actually what I was doing." Yes. You know, this is what that was. And it's not yeah. the same as just like I'm having a nap. It's like you, yeah, no, it's, it's like I hope I don't wake up. It's not actually.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny because yeah. like Sometimes it's true. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're just like, I don't care if I wake up from this or not.
1: Yeah, and I think I think I got to be like 50% of the world is like, 50% of at least the Western world has to be like that.
0: I think you're right. You
1: know, like, most people don't want to commit suicide. That's heavy. That's hard. But it's like, also, I don't think we should be talking about suicide and those thoughts in this way that's like crisis only. It's like sometimes people are happy and still are just like, man, the world's hard. Like, it just would be easier if I didn't wake up. Yeah, you know. Yeah, this is a heavy thought for anyone listening. I'm sorry, but like it's, I just, I, but I want to take away that shame and stigma of, of those thoughts, and I know that's, that's what this podcast is about. Yeah, it's like we all I have do. those thoughts.
0: We right. Yeah, I want to normalize, like, and not in like a let's all drink the yeah. punch together. Yeah, <laughs> right. I
1: started a cult. You all get Rebox. <laughs> Here's some Kool Aid. <laughs> See it <laughs> for the spaceship's coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's on time this time. I promise. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah we're not I'm not quite there yeah uh, working my way, pr- probably. Like I don't know who. Who knows?
1: I don't. Podcasting is kind of a cult. Is, you
0: yeah, know what? Yeah. I kind of think that you're right.
1: It is. It's got a. It's got its own little community. Like mm-hmm. its its own little like vibrations around it. Like, like it's a thing. It's a cult. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. 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 It's for people who d- are too afraid to do YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather sit in my closet. <laughs> yes, and absolutely. Talk. I know. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Mm. Um, how are you?
0: <laughs> how about me? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm. I've. I'm better. I think. Like mm-hmm. this past week was definitely better than previous weeks. Mm-hmm. I only found myself in bed once. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so that was. She so didn't sleep
1: at all. No, I'm just joking. I
0: didn't sleep at all. Yeah. Just the one time. <laughs>
1: yeah. Just so happened that one time was for seven days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but it only happened once. But it
0: only happened once.
1: <laughs> Everything's based on the frame of reference of the context. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Yeah, so, um, no, but it it, it definitely was an improvement from previous weeks. I was Mm -hmm. having a really hard time. I was definitely, um, like, I was definitely struggling with some, like, wouldn't it be nice if it was just all over and how mm-hmm. could I possibly end it a little sooner? Yeah. But then it's kind of like, well, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. Obviously, I'm not going to do that. But man, it would be really nice. <laughs> like,
1: uh, just... Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I often I think we, when we first met, I talked with us, I was like, I don't want the world to end. That's a scary thought. But if it does, it better happen. Like, so we're all gone at the same time. Yeah. Like, I want the meteor, not the, like the halfway meteor that like took out half the dinosaurs. I want the one that's just like, oh, the, the earth was cleaved in half. And none <laughs> of us even had time. It's like everyone's watching like Days of Our Lives. <laughs> you know, and it, then it just it ends you know which that show's been around for a long time so it should end but, it probably should no it has ended has it I think so oh well. anyway see this is what it's like to interview me it's like 10 different thoughts at the same time that's good <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like yeah, it Yeah, tell that to my therapist <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: like I'm trying to track all these different stories and yeah, recognize yeah. what is wonky about yeah. each one it's too much <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> who am I <laughs> um, <laughs> Doesn't help when I use that voice in front of my therapist. I love
0: that voice. It's yeah. a little bit Kermit the Frog. Yeah, It picks
1: up really well in here, from what I can tell. Oh
0: well, then maybe yeah. you should talk in that voice for the rest of. Oh no,
1: no. There's a potential that someone I might eventually date could be listening to this. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. then let's shed a better light on your voice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we were talking. We were talking before about how yeah. you have an excellent uh, voice for podcasting. Yeah, I.
1: It's, I don't know if you felt this way, but I did not. I grew up not liking my voice.
0: I grew up thinking that I sounded so deep.
1: Oh. I don't sound deep at all. Yes. I, you anything, do when you do the deep. When I do the deep. <laughs> the derp deep. deep. Derp deep. Derp, 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 derp. derp. <laughs> Yeah. But,
0: and, and now I'm kind of like, oh, my voice is kind of high. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah, it's fine. It's, you keep going now. Oh, well, I
1: was just saying I've gotten used to like something in the last few years. Like I still struggle with insecurity and like my identity and like where I fit in this world. But one thing that I feel very surprised by is the fact that I'm very comfortable seeing myself on camera and very comfortable hearing my own voice which you have to get used to when you're editing yourself you know right. and listening to yourself and uploading yourself to to people so for like quirky and or queer or like the work that I do with my friends or like in the marketing world that I've worked in I was often on camera or having to hear my own voice and I just got used to it and not only used to it I like I'll sit and laugh at myself oh,
0: I love it. <laughs> which
1: is it's that's a, it's something's shifted in my brain I still have tons of challenges but I don't, I'm not as upset by my own presence, which is, I I feel like we're all working towards that. And I'm sure it'll cycle back at times, but I love listening to myself. I think I'm quite witty.
0: You, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. You are really yeah. witty.
1: So I, I, yeah, it's something's shifted. I yeah, like- I, I do like my voice. I like listening to it on the podcast and, and like and hearing it back. And um, yeah, I mean, my ringtone on my phone isn't just me speaking. Like I'm not that level of like, <laughs> I'm great, um, but I, I I can appreciate myself and where the space that I exist in and, and that I hold. So, which I think is that's a, that's a gift of age or self-reflection. I don't know. I'm just glad it happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I like that, and that's something that I'm working towards. And I've definitely made some great strides in that direction mm-hmm. over the past couple of years. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I used to be really annoyed by my voice, and yeah. now I'm kind like, of like, how hey, you do your
1: voicemail message? Like, oh. right? Like, who hates that? Who, Everyone. Everybody. Yeah.
0: And yeah, and I'm but now I'm kind of like I hear it I'm just kind of like, you know what? I kind of like my voice.
1: you're a whole human, right? Yeah, you know, like it's just like you can hear it and you're like, oh, it's not I'm not a terrible person, and I don't hear that and think terrible thoughts. It's just like it's the thing mm. yeah, yeah, fair enough,
0: yeah, and like, yeah, and I've uh I'm getting I'm getting better at seeing myself on mm-hmm. camera or mm-hmm. like video and not being as yeah. Aggressive... <laughs>
1: Like towards yourself, like towards your own internal myself. narrative yeah. about it? Yeah. Like it's just
0: like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? Why are you slumping? Yeah. That's a big thing.
1: Oh, posture.
0: My posture. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, oh. And you know, the thing is, this is so, so we're going other places here, but Fair um, enough. I used to have a great posture when I was a kid because <laughs> I, grew, I grew up playing piano and it's all about oh, posture, yeah. right? And it just happens so naturally. I just naturally had a great posture. And yeah. I remember one day consciously making the decision to slouch because I wanted to be like the other kids. I wanted to be cool. And I was always... Thinking, you
1: know what's in? Back pain. Back
0: pain and <laughs> slouching. hunchback. Yeah.
1: The kids that's will like me now.
0: Now they'll like me with my hunch. <laughs> and that's totally... That's what I did. Yeah. Because I was always like... Uh, kids would be like, Oh, you're so like perfect. And like, look at you with your yeah. little, little posture. Yeah. Like, who... I remember like, there's this like... Uh, there was one time I was like in grade seven and someone was like, hey, you're Matt's sister, aren't you? Which Matt is my brother, who, okay. for the record, I love him so much. Okay. Um, and my sister Liz. Love them both so much. And uh, anyway, but I was like, yeah, although I don't like being addressed that way. Yeah. And he was just like, who uses the word addressed that way? What are you, like 40? And it was just kind of like, no, I'm intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. of course, at that time, I was yeah. like, oh, I shouldn't talk like that. That makes me sound like a loser.
1: <sighs> it's funny what people pick on or, like, d- decide to use as a way to, like, try and take away your power.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's you know? such
1: a... Like, it doesn't matter what... It, especially in school, middle school, high school, like, there's, like, no one gets it right. So, no matter mm-hmm. if you're popular, no matter if you're not popular, no matter if you're, like, fit, whether you're not fit, you're beautiful, you're not beautiful, it's, like, it's a war zone. It's you know? Um,
0: it's so brutally... Yeah. Like, and it sticks with you. It does. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so... But I don't think you should w- use the word addressed either. <laughs> <Just joking. laughs> That's some free advice. No, but it's like, there's our the way, we, the way we structure ourselves and the language you use, it's like, it gets picked apart, like, especially online. Like, I love when people are like, if you're getting into a heated debate and someone uses their incorrectly, they use the wrong one. And someone's like, it's actually T-H-E-Y apostrophe R-E. And am like... <laughs> Cool. <laughs> yeah, like
0: okay, so this tells me that you're yeah. running out of a good argument. Yeah, I
1: posted a meme about a whale. Like, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> but oh but high God. school, like things you convince yourself that will make you either more popular or fit in more. Like, I'm I have anxiety and depression and a bunch of a whole slew of bunch of other things. But I didn't know until I was older. But now when I look back, there are moments where I'm like, oh, you know, my parents were struggling. They had their own challenges. Right. And and I was really intelligent and and like just did really well. So they weren't really ever concerned about me. I'm mm. That's they were definitely concerned about me, but they didn't. I don't think they ever thought like, oh, Tyler's in crisis. Right. Um, so they uh, I just kind of skated through. But like all of grade eight for the whole year, I wore the same denim shirt every day. Went home, washed it, wore it the next day because I was convinced if I didn't wear that shirt, people would talk about me. It was like I built up this narrative that I had to wear this one denim shirt. It's also around the time when I really started to gain weight. And, and but it's just you, your insecurities, your anxieties and like your mental health shifts your worldview and where you think you fit socially. And then you make yes. these decisions that are rational in your head. Yes. But are not rational for the world you know yes and it's hard to know when you're falling into that like you would mentioned going to bed and spending half like that's a rational thought for you in that context but in the world that you have to live in and the responsibilities you have it might not be a rational thought
0: yes yeah
1: but we do it anyway so and sometimes it's the right choice sometimes we do need to shut down and but it's, it's so confusing to figure out which one's which.
0: Yes, <laughs> and, it really is. And
1: you often don't know until after it's done. Yep. Which is why you need patterns and routines to kind of evaluate, you know, your your life and, like, to work with, I guess. That didn't come out right, but basically it's... If we're always making that same choice every single day instead of relying on patterns and routines, it's just more of a struggle.
0: You're very insightful. <laughs> so you put, like, put a lot of thought into this.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a reflective person. I always have been. Uh, and I've always been a thinker. I'm analytical, and I've always been trying to evaluate things based on, like, who side are you on? Where do you see it from? Like, who does this impact? And um, I don't know if I was always that way, but I've definitely had a lot of jobs and nonprofit with really wonderful, mostly women leaders who brought that out in me, Mm -hmm. and it was, like, through experiential learning and, and, and adult learning principles. Like, reflection and recognition are huge components of that, and so is anticipation. And so that just sort of over the last 15 years is really it's just become how I think about things now and I'm in school for social work so it's really valuable for that but um yeah I definitely am a very reflective person I actually I thought it'd be funny if I brought a couple of my old journals here so I brought them with me just to show you how like reflective I am like and I read them like one of them is there's entries from like 2004 and it sounds like I could write it today because it's literally the same voice I use today when I write my journal I journal every day so it's just a, it's a bit of a just funny you know like i guess i've always been reflective
0: (laughs) i love it you want to yeah bring that out and share that that's amazing i
1: this is my this is my current one and i go through a journal once every two or three months yeah journal every day and you journal every day too right i do we talked about this yeah yeah it's such a valuable practice for me and it's like one of the things that i can always rely on doing so it's like no matter what i have to do in the morning i know that that time is mine and so i sit down and i journal no matter what's happening in my life these are two of my old ones oh this is, like, yes. one of my first ones. I did an exchange program in 2004 to Quebec and then West Africa. So this one is uh, that one. So it's covered in, like, stickers and, like, little mementos of things. that Like, I flew on Canjet, which no longer exists. I got the Twin Rex vaccine. I thought that was worthwhile cutting and gluing onto this, oddly enough.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: this is my group. Like, just, I was in Quebec. Like, um, and then I went to Burkina Faso in West Africa. So that's all from here. But, like, little things, like, just a draw and doodle. Like, I was obsessed with the movie The Beach. With Leonardo DiCaprio. It. He goes to Thailand. I had never traveled as a kid, so as a young person, like a young adult, I was like, yeah, I want to travel to all these countries and do these things. And I definitely didn't understand that that's like a, a very privileged thing to think about. Um, but I loved this movie, about The Beach, because was, he was a young man from America who goes over to Thailand and they develop this like new community on this private island. And it's super elitist now when I think about it, but I have all these quotes from that movie in there. Oh,
0: that's amazing. <laughs> like, what
1: is it? Uh, keep your mind open and suck in the experience. <laughs> Which is a good thing. That's a good that is statement. A good, it totally is. But in the context of that film, I'm like, Ugh. and it says, and if it, and if it hurts, you know what? It's probably worth it. Like that's, that's BS. Like not, like if it hurts, it's probably worth it. I'm like, I don't think that's a fair statement.
0: I don't. Yeah. I think that's something that needs to be used sparingly.
1: Yeah. Like some things are painful and suffering's a part of life, but putting priority on, pain as the only way of actually proving value to something not for me
0: i oh i love that Mm -hmm. yeah i think i totally agree i just never really thought of it that way Mm -hmm. because i'm i'm like i'm okay wait oh no go ahead oh well (laughs) this is like i've i've been thinking about like um like i've been trying to change my thought patterns Mm, yeah and that's very painful or uncomfortable yeah what are you 32
1: 32 so how do you unlearn 32 years worth of like conditioning
0: right like it's
1: like like, it it might take 32 years hopefully not
0: yeah hopefully not but it's yeah because and it's just constantly trying to interrupt my thoughts yeah so that i can like take it down a different path
1: yeah it's hard because like i don't know if you're into any buddhist principles at all i
0: i've I've been researching and reading okay. up on Buddhism and I'm really enjoying it.
1: Well, there's a first thing I'll put a plug in for the Shambhala Center. They're going through it. They have a lot of conflict happening right now because of the sexual assault from the leader within that community. There's like a it's a big thing. Uh, but that organization and that that arm of buddhism that is, is centered here in halifax there's still lots of wonderful things that you can get from being a participant in that community every wednesday night they do like an open meditation meal thing that you can come to for five dollars really really great they have some really wonderful workshops i just did one on um, um dealing with negative emotions really it, yeah it was a three-hour workshop on a morning it was like 30 dollars. it was wonderful wow but a lot of the principles within that and i'm no expert but um is with the, their mindfulness practices like no thoughts are bad thoughts. They're just thoughts. Yeah. So you acknowledge them, you see them, you let them go, you know? Yes. Um. Because if we are always trying to control our thoughts, then we're just, we're automatically assuming that the thoughts are negative in a way, you know? Yeah. So.
0: And you know. I, yeah, and I, I've been reading a lot of stuff on that and I realized how I will very often have a mm-hmm. thought that I will classify as a bad thought yeah. and I spend a lot of time punishing myself for oh, thinking that and yeah. then and then that just creates shame mm-hmm. and then that makes it so that I start to make un- more unwise decisions because I just want to feel good yeah. because I'm living in shame most of the time
1: yeah. And shame is rooted in our identity. It becomes a part of who we are. It's like, we're bad people. I feel shame. We're bad people. You know, or I'm a bad person. Where if you switch it to guilt, it's like, that's something I can change. Brene Brown talks about that a lot in like the shame versus guilt. So try to switch things to guilt instead of shame. So yeah. So separate because shame again, it's like this identity. It's like, it's not a quality. It's not an observable trait. It's like, I did this thing. I'm a bad person. Or if I did this thing and it's probably not who I want to be and I, I'd probably do something better, it becomes like a reflective process about a trait or behavior that you have control over. It's not part of your identity.
0: Oh you know? that's really good. Yeah. so
1: I try to frame my my the things I feel most shame about. like I used to consider it as a part of my identity, like doing drugs and alcohol and partying. I used to think I was a bad person and I'm like, no, I was just coping. And, like, those aren't bad things inherently, but they did make my life more difficult. Right. So I try to think about things like that instead. So, And I find taking shame out of the equation when I can is a lot more helpful because it it doesn't make me feel so awful. You know? Yeah. Sometimes I can't control it, but sometimes I can. I like that. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Yeah. I want to hear... Journals. I don't know.
1: Well, one... So 2004... West Africa, one of the ones that I really, 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 really love in here. I don't know if that is a receipt for something. Oh, like it's a giant. I don't know. It's like eight and a half inches by like 11 inches, like maybe a big bigger. It's a big like sketching journal. And like it's like I wrote all over the place. One of them says, I hate writing in the spot um
0: it's right down at the bottom of the page yeah I, you know yeah. what that is really i hate writing in that it 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 is terrible
1: too. yeah <laughs> you know but there's there's a part in here that i love reading because all it just says over and over and over again is horny <laughs> 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 i'm in the middle of west west africa it's like 47 degrees and i literally there's one page it just literally just says horny over and over and over and over and over again <laughs> like just what, like tyler calm down i was 20 so that makes sense um but i also um my friend made me a CD. I had like a, a Walkman and, that I had to use. And one of the songs on there was from a show called Queer Spoke. And the song, literally, the lyrics were just horny, horny, horny. I'm so horny. And so oh. I was like, maybe it was the song lyrics or maybe I was horny. I <laughs> yeah. Or like, oh, this one says, impolite, fuck, I'm pissed in like big, bold capital letters. I used to see it's a funny like thing journaling. Now, this was just like, I only journaled when I felt compelled to. Yeah. Now I do it every day, which I think is much more helpful. Yeah. Because if you just do it when you're compelled to, that means you're waiting for the conditions to be perfect for you to do it. And real reality is, like, conditions are perfect to journal whenever you want to journal. So do the practice of it instead of just waiting for it to come to you. I love it. Mm -hmm. And this one was when I went to Costa Rica. Um, And it's the same size and same thing. Like, same sort of of bullshit. (laughs) Like, just sad stuff. But, like, drawings. Wow, that's beautiful. It's like
0: a beautiful flower,
1: very colorful. Yeah, I I don't know. It's just, it's funny. Like, so much of my young life was being a creative person, and then most of my 20s was just trying to pretend I wasn't. And so now in my 30s, it's like, it's kind of coming back to that idea that like creativity is important. It's inherent to who I am, and I think most people need to create. And so now it's like, I try to embrace it for self care, but also because it's fun.
0: Yeah. Your journal looks very. Like, your journal is very beautiful. Thank
1: you. Yeah, you're welcome. This one's beautiful. When you go to my new one, it's almost like clinical. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like, in the, my new ones, it's like, I mean, it's fun. I still write kind of small and whatever else. But, yeah. like, every single day I give myself a score out of 10 from the day before based on observable traits and behaviors. So, like, I aim for a 7, which is, like, I'm on top of my finances. You know, I organize my emails. I did 10 or of whatever things on my to-do list. and mm-hmm. um and then I evaluate the next day based on those. So, like, usually I aim for a 7. So, some days, like, February 26th is a 6 out of 10. You know, some days are lower. I've definitely had days that are 3, you know. But most days are 7. The last few days have been, like, 6 or 7. Um nice. I also set an attention every day for, like, how I want to feel. You know, instead of, like, saying, like, oh, today I need to get this and this done. I'm like, well, to feel whatever by the end of the day, what do I need to have done? Yeah. That is
0: so great i love that it's going Helps. at it it's such a different perspective
1: yeah it's more like a design thinking i'm not sure if you're familiar with that but it's like setting the intention based on like what you want to feel and then letting the other parts come because we so often are focused on our feelings but we think when i get this this and this done i'll feel this way and i just try to reverse it so yeah like how, if i want to feel this way what do i need to get done because you're probably like me you have three kids you have a. I don't have any of those things but um mm-hmm. but i have a lot of responsibility yeah and so easy to look at my to-do list and just be like I don't know even know where to start, mm-hmm. you know? So I find that very helpful.
0: I Oh, that's awesome. I like that because, mm-hmm. like, especially recently, I, and I don't know, It I think it must be related to this. Like, I think I'm becoming more affected by the seasons. Oh, yeah. And so I found that, like, recently I've been having a lot of trouble just to be motivated to, like, yeah. do just everyday things. Yep. Like, I generally, like... I like to have a house that's like I'm not. I don't think that I'm. As we sit in my cluttered closet, you can yeah. see that I'm when not, you have a like, closet
1: this size, all you miles will clutter it. <laughs> <laughs> like, who's Mary Condo? I don't care. <laughs> 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 Everything brings me joy. Okay, <laughs> yeah, all of this makes me happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think uh, like I um, I like to kind of be more organized than yeah. this like generally yeah. and I like my house to be just taken care of right like yeah. you walk in I don't I don't need it to be spotless mm-hmm. like and I think that that's unrealistic because I have three kids yeah. and they're gonna like I they're gonna live here and I yeah. want them to live here yeah right? I feel like this is their home absolutely um but I like it to be clean yeah. like you know vacuum and dust and you know yeah and I've found that recently I just um I've been letting things go a lot longer than I mm. normally do, and mm-hmm. it's been a lot more of a fight to get anything done. Yeah, so I'm my energy is like gone a lot yeah. quicker because I'm just. Biting through everything like everything like even just emptying the dishwasher which before it would just be like i could have that done in two minutes it was no problem
1: because it just becomes a thing you're like oh i'll just do it i'm here i'll do it but like then then it becomes a thing and you separate the thing from daily life and you're like oh i can't believe i have to do the thing
0: yeah and then
1: it becomes this insurmountable task and when really it's just like it's just a thing (laughs) but if you're like me i have adhd as well so i will just build up all this energy of energy around doing the thing and just think about doing the thing and i won't do the thing and then when i do the thing i'm like oh that was actually quite easy and yes. then i will feel worse because i'm like well it was so easy why didn't i do it <laughs> yes
0: yeah that's exactly it yeah and, and like with three kids oh,
1: oh my sean of uh, four if you include sean <laughs> i have never met sean he seems wonderful
0: <laughs> actually he is pretty wonderful and he's pretty good at taking care of his own stuff <laughs> yeah and, like, adorable helping out <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah
1: And i loved his new hair treatments that you his did his hair treatment yeah, yes yeah, yes yeah. on your instagram anyways <laughs> we get into a deep topic, and I'm just like, let's talk about something else. <laughs> let's
0: talk about something else. Yeah. But, no, he's actually really great. He'll, and, and actually, recently, because I haven't been as on top of things at yeah. home and stuff, like he's just been picking up the slack and he oh. hasn't even said a word about it. Oh, precious. He doesn't precious. complain or anything. He just, I need a Sean. Yeah. I think everybody does. <laughs> yeah. well,
1: well, two things about that. One, you're talking to a person who didn't make his bed until he was 30. I just never made my bed. My room was always a mess. It was always a disaster. There was always stuff everywhere. I always wanted to clean my room, but it'd be like one of those things where I would do it once every three months and and then it would be spotless. You know what I mean? And I would be like, look, this is the near me. (laughs) And then... (laughs) Turns out I was lying to myself (laughs) because reality is it's the it's the daily daily work of life that has to be respected and you have to embrace the process. So like making the bed used to make me angry and now I'm just like no, it's just a thing I do. There's no anger. There's no emotion connected to it. It's just like it's what I do and I have to prioritize that thing. And I think that's a struggle for both my parents as well. So it's just something I've inherited from them. Um,
0: What what happened? Like what did you do to change it? Like to change your attitude towards?
1: hmm, it? It was two thousand. 15 and i was like near the height of like my darkest times and i was working a job that i should have done better at and i was working with a really good friend of mine and um she also has challenges here and there and she was just like i read that if you make your bed first thing in the morning you've already done one thing and i was like oh i never really thought about that i was just like the bed making the bed and cleaning my room was just always like a i don't have time for that which is a lie we all tell ourselves you know right um sometimes we don't have time for things, but also it's like, we don't have to use that as the excuse. You know, it's like, I, I'm not prioritizing that right now. It's mm. probably more likely true. I like that. Yeah. Um, And, uh, and then again, that depends on how much privilege you have and whatever else. But uh, for me, she said that to me, and I remember being like, Oh, and so I don't think I started like making my bed right there and then, but like all of a sudden I just gave myself a little bit more like, maybe grace with like why that mattered to me making my bed so it was just it became like a small part of a bigger practice that I have now like making sure my room is a sanctuary you know like that I'm allowed to have nice things mm-hmm. and for most of my 20s I traveled and worked and just did little contracts here and there and lived like a party monster Um, <laughs> to give it to honest to God <laughs> and I remember like I was in PEI and I was only there for six months and I got this great great room in an apartment right downtown with some people i'd met at a bar oddly enough because i'm charming and i'll talk to people so i can usually get something cool happening for me mm. which i'm very lucky but i was at walmart and i was buying 30 dollars sheets for a double size mattress and i remember thinking how many times have i bought like 30 dollars sheets and then thrown them out or had to give them away and in and, and that was a couple years after this friend had told me about making the bed thing and it's just like pieces started to click a little bit. It was like, oh you can you can have nice things. You're allowed to have nice things. You're allowed to like want a clean bedroom. You're allowed to like want to have a clean kitchen. It doesn't have to become a whole new life transformation. It can just be like embracing the process instead mm-hmm. of the outcome. You know, like sometimes you're gonna clean the kitchen and you're gonna have to find joy in cleaning the kitchen. Mm. Not being like, oh I wish the kitchen was clean. It's like yeah. the kitchen will get clean when you clean it.
0: Oh, I like that. You know?
1: Uh, and I still struggle at times like like you you had mentioned, like the winter, even though this has been a fairly nice winter, there were parts where like for two weeks I just didn't put my laundry away. Yeah. You know, but I, I did a pretty good job of not falling into a shame spiral about it, which I feel good about.
0: That is awesome.
1: Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, you do what you need to do and sometimes you're not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I speak in bumper sticker, by the way. We're gonna
0: come up with like seven
1: bumper stickers, perfect. From I this do like some branding and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. put bumper it on the website. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> purple's a great color. We got this, yeah, yeah. We totally have this under control. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Life's messy and it's gonna continue to be messy until I'm much older, I'm sure. Um, and I think that was another thing for me is that I just thought whether it was getting sober or getting the right job like I definitely was a grass is greener on the other side and I kept going to new pastures and new fields and like this is green this is green this is green and then not realizing that sometimes even the green places will turn dry um so I kept chasing new opportunities um and externalizing everything so it wasn't ever me it was always the job or it was always you know um, the time of year, or it was the person I was with. And, and then realizing that like external factors are very important. And I think they do hold more weight than internal factors. Like I will b- never be the person who says just work harder and things will come to you. Cause that's not true. I don't think, uh, I know oh, it's not true. Okay. I think well, there's a big component of that. You were saying
0: you say, you know, that it's not true. What makes you know that that's not true?
1: Cause uh, we all have 24 hours, but we all have different responsibilities. Right. So like you have three kids. Mm-hmm. So like, I have a lot more freedom in my day-to-day, right? So, like, you work at a base level. I just know you work harder than I do because you have to. You have a house. You have family. You have kids. Like, you are just doing all this unpaid labor, you know, and Sean's also doing unpaid labor and paid labor, and, like, it's complicated, but it's, like, life is work. So if you work harder just within the confines of, like, a 40-hour job, like, yeah, you can have more opportunities, but you just – it's not equal for everyone. You know what I mean? Like for instance, if you have a car versus whether you take the bus, all of a sudden your 24 hours are different. You know what I mean? Cause then you have to spend more time navigating transit and doing those things and going to the grocery store isn't as easy. So your ability to do things within that time changes. Right. And everything is work. This is work. What we're doing right now, it's fun, but it's also work. So I don't know. I just, um, yeah, working harder is not enough. So external factors do contribute to like challenges or frustrations or successes and joys and so do internal factors but it's like it's not all external it's also internal a bit so like you can work harder you can change your perspective you can do better with like being self-reflective and and doing internal work but that's not enough like when i got sober i was like all my problems are solved (laughs) (laughs) turns out it wasn't that easy (laughs) i greatly helped Mm -hmm. um and made my life so much better um but it didn't solve all my problems, you know. Not mm-hmm. that I, there were problems, but like the, I still faced barriers based on my identity as a queer person, or you know, my mental health. And I j- it just wasn't just the alcohol and drugs. It was, it was more than that. And I think that's important because we, I think we, are so often told in this society that we have to find the root problem. Like, what's the problem? Well, who's at fault? Who you know? Who you know? What? Why did that thing happen? And things are complex and we have to embrace the complexities of it instead of just trying to find a single cause for issues that don't have single causes.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay.
1: Bumper sticker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Another bumper sticker. Yeah. A longer bumper yeah. sticker, but it will work. We'll make it work. <laughs> He's <laughs> just going to be up the full paint job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Get a wrap. Yeah. Um, um
0: so you so you said that you got sober.
1: Yeah, in 2000 Maybe be three years, of so 2016, yeah, May 2016.
0: Okay, that's awesome. Yeah,
1: thank you. It feels weird to say it because, like, I think I woke up so many times with, like, rehab centers. Google was the last thing I looked on my computer. Really? That and, like, A&W. <laughs> like, two tabs open, you know? <laughs> a fancy rehab in Colorado that's, like, $100,000, and then just, like, a moving image reel of, like, a teen burger. <laughs> I had my priorities straight, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Um,
0: how, like, how did you do that? Like, how did you...
1: Hmm... I think, like, most people who, like, have challenges with, like, substances or or, or mental health, it's, like, I had lots of little mini starts. Yeah. And then, finally, I had, like, moments that felt so full of despair that I finally took a step that felt like it was the right one. Um, And so, like, I think a lot of people who get sober, like, it's all in you. You just put the work in, you know. And I'm, like, that is true. But then you can't just rely on your own personal discipline or resilience. Because, like, if you've grown up with challenges with those things, then you're already, you already have a disadvantage to getting sober. What really helped me is at the time I was a flight attendant and I had a lot of downtime. I barely worked. So, like, I was able to pick up a writing practice. I was able to, like, you know, um, I guess expose myself to different things. I had lots of times in hotels to read. Also, flight attendant culture is, like, very focused on drinking and, like, going out with your peers. So, that was a bit of a struggle. But also, I could just go to these fancy hotels in New Jersey and stuff and like swim for three hours. You know, it was, it was very blessed in lots of ways. Um, but also the other thing is I lived with my mom, you know, I've been living with her since actually. And the freedom of not having to worry about where I was going to live. That's a huge one. Okay. Um, and the other thing was I just told everyone that I had a problem, which the few times before I had like tried to like, oh, I'll do sober January. I didn't really told anyone or told anyone what my motivations were or why I was doing that. Um, I lived two different lives. It felt like, and so um telling people and not just being like i think i have a challenge like, can you help me it was like i'm really struggling and i don't know what my purpose is i don't know what my goals are i don't know where i'm what i want in life anymore um and i had to have that conversation a lot with a bunch of different people um, but as soon as you start being accountable to other people you don't just do it for yourself you do it f- because your identity is shifted and so like, if you're telling everyone that you're going to be sober and then you're not sober, then you have to deal with the shame and stigma of no longer being sober, which right. is, it's not a positive reinforcement so much as that it's, like, you just didn't... I didn't want to screw up just for me. It was also because I had told other people.
0: Yeah. I think
1: that was a huge part for me, Yeah, being honest.
0: Right. And mm-hmm. that, and I, you know, I, that actually kind of helps build on the idea of community and, yeah, like, how important community really is. Absolutely.
1: Everything's so interconnected and complex and so... I I think in our society, we're constantly reinforced that you have to do it on your own. Yes. You know, we're all individuals, you know, work harder, do harder. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with like neoliberal thought, but like that's like a center cornerstone of neoliberal thought is that we can all have these wonderful lives, but it's up to us to get it. Instead of like, well, we all share the world and the resources. We shall be building it together. It's more like you as an individual are responsible for your own happiness, which is true to an extent. um, But it's more than that because... Like, I didn't build the roads that I drove on to get here. You know, I didn't build my car. I may have paid for the car. You know, I live in a society that pays for that road, but I didn't do it alone, you know?
0: That's, oh my god. We're goodness. never alone. Yeah. We're
1: all part of a system. And then there are different times we have more power as individuals, but if we just focus on the individual, we forget that there, there's a legacy of, like, ideologies and systems and institutions that have built the world around us. Mm. And some people have more freedom to, to focus on the individual. And some people just don't get that opportunity, I guess. And I was just lucky that I could really focus on myself. But the systems around me supported me to do what I needed to do. You know? Wow. And I may fuck up. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm not as afraid of fucking up as I used to be. But doesn't mean I'm going to go out and drink a bottle of wine after this. But um, I have goals. Like, I want to finish school. And, and those are the things that drive and compel me. So, yeah.
0: Wow. I I really love that.
1: (laughs) I keep looking at the recording and it's just me going blah, 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 (laughs) blah.
0: It's good because I want to hear. It's like talk therapy. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Talk therapy. Yes. I think that there is so much freedom in being able to talk.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. And like, and
0: have somebody who, who just sits down and listens.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think if everyone could go to therapy, we should, Yes. you know, everyone should,
0: everyone should. Yeah.
1: Uh, but there's such a stigma around it, around like, well, then I'm broken and yeah. I'm like, Oh, but you're not broken. You're just as broken as everyone else. Yeah. It's like, do you want to be broken or do you want to be better? And it's yeah. like, we're going to be broken. Even if you go to therapy, you're still going to be broken. You you get sober. You're still going to be broken, mm. you know, but it's, I just want to be a better version of that broken. Oh, you know, like so that. if I'm going to acknowledge that I'm still fucked up, well, I'll just continue to be fucked up. But just maybe it's a little less fucked up. Right. And my life won't be as challenging. Mm. Um, yeah.
0: What so what got you into drinking?
1: Oh, um, both my parents were drinkers. Um, I we had some friction and challenges around alcohol when I was a teen. My parents got divorced and there's there some challenges there. Mm-hmm. And so I remember very, very clearly being like, I am never going to drink. Um, because I just had such negative feelings around it. Yeah, and then prom party in my high school. I graduated two thousand two. My mom was like, "Well, do you want to drink?" I was like, "I don't know, mom. It's not really my thing." And then she's like, "No, everyone else is gonna drink." We had like one of those safe prom parties where like there were chaperones, but everyone was drinking. It was okay. like the most. It was like harm reduction. It was very very good. Yeah. Um. And so mom probably knew what she was doing actually because she dropped off like eight wine coolers. And then she's like, have fun. <laughs> and I was like, okay, thanks, Mom. And so I drank all eight of them, not knowing that they're full of sugar and they're awful and gross. So I got quite drunk. Um, and I'd never been drunk before. So wow, that, this is the first time I drank. It doesn't really describe why I drank, but um, but I remember being like, Oh, I'll drink these wine coolers. And then I kind of passed out and woke up. And I remember seeing a bottle of Bacardi laying there and I was alone for some reason. This is also after I shared a donut with a dog that was like on the ground. It was, <laughs> it was not my best self. <laughs> yeah, middle of the night. And I saw a bottle of Bacardi and I didn't know anything about alcohol. I was like, oh, it's just like the wine cooler. So I took a swig from the Bacardi, thinking it was like wine, and guzzled it like like it was a wine cooler, not knowing that there was a different alcohol percentage. Mm-hmm. Instantly felt awful, passed out again. Woke up, was sick for like two days. And I didn't really drink a whole lot after that. I drank a little bit in my first year of university. Um, and then not a whole... I would drink every now and then, but it, it was more on the responsible side and not right. the uh, the irresponsible side, I guess. Uh-huh. And then um, did that until I was like 23, 24. Became a bartender. Still didn't drink a lot when I was a bartender here in Bedford, actually. Um, uh-huh. And then... It wasn't until I moved to Newfoundland in 2010 that things started to get a little sketchy. Yeah. I decided to go to school to be uh, for nautical science, to mm-hmm. be like a sea captain, essentially. That's I've done everything. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I worked three summers on a tall ship here in Halifax, and I loved it. And I was like, I'm going to go work on boats. Um, <laughs> That's <it would> t- <laughs> awesome. That's <laughs> very, so cool. Turns out they're very different things. Working on a tour boat, dressed as a pirate all day, burning sausages and like with fake swords. It was very fun. <laughs> That's um, so much fun. Yeah. yeah. But then going to school with a bunch of mariners who want to be sea captains as well very very toxic masculinity focused like it was just a lot of bros like teachers would say like i heard a teacher called a student a faggot as a joke you know because was wearing like a pink shirt or something for anti-bullying day anyways so that so i went to school for that and that was there's a lot of friction around that plus i was in a new community and at the same time my brother had got hit by a suicide bomber in afghanistan he survived and he's doing really really well um but I don't think, I, it's only now that I recognize like that, what that would have done and shifted my worldview. Yeah. And so I ended up dropping out of that program, becoming a bartender in Newfoundland and just got into a different scene, a scene where people like drank at work, partied at work, uh, partied after work, partied every day. Yeah. I mean, I'm making tons of money too. So um, I just didn't even know what I was doing. You know, it just all felt fun. It felt like there was a sense of vitality, like a, just a, like I was pulled to just feel electric and that's how it started and then just like anyone who parties or has an issue with drugs and alcohol it's it becomes more than a good time it becomes like how you sustain yourself Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of what happened uh no that is what happened it's not kind of and then it just that became my life and then all of a sudden i was the partier so like i would show up at parties and people would just like i was the partier but at the same time I was also working these really wonderful jobs like with, you know, nonprofits. I won national awards. I, all this other really cool stuff was happening. But I was living sort of like a double life mm-hmm. uh, and they just would overlap occasionally and I would screw up and something something would happen and I would embarrass myself. So the two lives kept coming out like, like oscillating over each other and they just kept coming closer and closer and closer together. And I remember the very, the last time I partied, I've been on like a three or four day like party bender. It was Mother's Day. And I was living with my mom and I remember I came home, I hadn't slept, uh, and was going back out and my mom, it was mother's day. My mother had said she didn't really care about mother's day. And, uh, and she, um, she said that and that's fair, but she obviously did care that day. And like, she was a bit emotional mm-hmm. and like, was like, well, you're going out. It's mother's day. And I remember just, I was probably like, I don't think I would have been rude Oh, you know, I probably was rude. You know, my time, it's a little bit shifty when I think about it. Mm-hmm. But that was last weekend I partied because I was just like, I'm, I feel like a monster all the time now, all the time. And I just, I really hated myself. Um, and I was really, really down all the time. Never, it didn't have any goals or plans or objectives. Just, I just, all I knew was like a sense of despair. And so that was it that weekend. And then I didn't drink again. And I obviously did it with help. Like I did go to counseling. I talked to my doctor about it. Like it's just it was a thing. I built up a new community. I went to NA for a while, which was really, really helpful. Um What's N A? And Narcotics Anonymous. Okay. Yeah, and I don't fully believe in abstinence based programming um, in that way. Like AANA, those types of programs. They do help people. Um, the research on it isn't great. Um the outcomes are not all that good. There is also kind of an emphasis on like shame um and using shame as a way to prevent you from doing future harm so you're just like you you count your clean time which i can't stand like just the language around like being sober it's called clean time Mm -hmm. and then you get awards for how much clean time you have and so it kind of sets up this hierarchy of like who has more clean time and who doesn't you know who's better who's not and no one that i've met in those programs would say these things or think that they think those things but i think there's a underlying values and assumptions that reinforce that so if you're one of these people who doesn't stay clean it's like why go back you know so thankfully okay, that didn't happen okay. to me okay um yeah so i got sober for a bunch of different reasons and that that was the main one though just wanted to not feel shitty anymore turns oh. out i still feel shitty sometimes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> surprise <laughs> yeah now i just don't like throw myself into two bottles of wine you know okay and a bunch of cocaine right yeah
0: so then what do you do when you feel like awful? Um, like, do you have certain like
1: I go on other people's podcasts, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, talk to strangers No, um, <laughs> at the grocery store. How's your day going, sir? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> um, no, well, actually, I struggled with that because my first year of like clean living, sober living, I didn't have anything. I didn't know how to relax. Plus, I was, had a lot of responsibilities. I, I volunteer a lot. I had a lot of things. So I just never knew how to, like, relax. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I actually went to my doctor, and we tried decided to try medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a lifesaver. It was yeah. a full-on lifesaver. Like, uh, there's always the risk that I'll use it the same way that I use other things, you know? Uh-huh. But, but I, I have a different awareness of it, so that helps me relax when I need to. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to build in more time where I'm just not doing stuff but i'm bad at not doing stuff like even if it's like 9 p.m on a friday i'm still like oh i should be editing something i should be doing something i should be focusing on my photography or i should podcast or schoolwork, or whatever so i'm not great at relaxing um i don't think our world is really set up to help us relax either we're constantly bombarded by stimuli so um it's a bit of a gamble sometimes i just yeah it's a process You know, I don't have any one particular way. I have practices day to day, like my journaling, Mm -hmm. um, that that help me come back to a place where I get to at least monitor and evaluate where I think I might be. Um, Using, like, your own self to evaluate yourself is always a bit dangerous because it doesn't allow for you to acknowledge that your perception of yourself shifts based on how you're feeling.
0: Wow, yeah, that's Right? right. So, like, one day you're
1: like, I'm a 7 out of 10. But you're like you could actually be higher than that because like if you if you're who you are at two out of ten might see that seven out of ten i think that's a ten out of ten you know what i mean so i try to do observable traits and behaviors things that are very clearly that i've defined as like if i think i'm having a good day these are the ways that i think a good day looks to me and so that helps yeah wow yeah so i go to counselors and therapists sometimes and i'm like well what are your coping strategies and i'm just like hold on i'll get my list yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like a huge role that comes out, and they're just like, okay, well, just let's just focus on one. I'm like, I'm not done yet. <laughs> um, which
0: one? Hold on, yeah, I can tell you all. It's them. a
1: complex web of like coping mechanisms that work for me. And for some of, like, if who I am right now versus who I was four years ago, if I have been like, oh, these are the things that help sustain me, that person four years ago would be like, I'm not even gonna try, <laughs> like, oh, that was too much work, but now it's things that I enjoy. So it's not so much like I don't focus on outcomes, I try to focus on the process, okay, because like, I just I'm going to do that thing and maybe it'll suck you know mm-hmm. maybe it'll be great I don't know yeah it's complex yeah <laughs> you're looking at me like I'm like, <laughs> like this guy's got a lot going on <laughs> but this is a good look yeah okay good <laughs> yeah this is like an It's good I can always, I can always disappear into your sweaters yeah <laughs> he's gone. how's the sound now <laughs> it picked up good <laughs> wow that's amazing <laughs> yeah Um, Okay.
0: Uh, I guess, like, we're reaching the end.
1: Oh, wow, it's 3 o'clock. It's 3 o'clock. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, other things that I could say. Like, I just, I don't know. Mental health is tricky. We all have different versions of mental health. And it's the one thing I try to be really conscious of is that we all don't get the same opportunity to live authentic lives. You know, like, for instance, for me, the freedom to come on a podcast where this could reach, you know, 500,000 people. 20 million people you know if you blow up it's like for me to say that i went to na and that i had a problem with drugs and alcohols you know i don't had it's just something i always live with you know that i use medical marijuana you know i have a freedom to say that because i I, my life is structured in the way right now that i don't think there's a lot of harm in me saying that Mm -hmm. but imagine if like you work at subway You know, and you're barely getting by 40 hours a week. Your boss is terrible with you. You can't stand the customers for you to go into that place of work, which is a business focused on like making money and try to live your most authentic life and try to talk about your mental health. You might get fired. You know what I mean? That's, yeah, that's a very good point. And so a lot of the discourse around mental health is like, erase the stigma, get rid of the shame, like, live your most authentic life, and, like, everyone should be all allowed to have that opportunity, but not everyone gets it. But the more that we talk about it, the more that we make space for those conversations, the more likely we're going to push the pendulum so that everyone has that opportunity. Mm. So it's like, I don't think people should feel guilty of their privilege as an individual. They should be able to acknowledge that it is part of a greater system that they're not in control of, but we can all do our part. And talking about your health, mental health um, it's a part of that. As long as we do take the time to acknowledge that it's not the same for everyone. I like that. Yeah.
0: That's very respectful.
1: I hope so. I mean, there's no getting it right. There's only getting it better. Oh, so it's like, God. I don't know, don't strive for 100% effective or perfect. Just know that we're all going to screw it up. We can all make little changes to do better. Mm. Yeah. But I'm a hot mess. So don't listen to anything I say. <laughs>
0: Just disqualify yeah. everything.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read a self help book before I came here. No. <laughs> so I love like, them, by the way. Oh,
0: I've just started getting into them.
1: Yeah, I just, <laughs> I don't think, right? Like, whatever. Like anyone, any attempt we make to make ourselves happier should never be viewed as negative.
0: Yeah, you know what? You're absolutely right. Like, we're doing we're doing our best with what we have.
1: Absolutely, and yeah. I just there's there's value in in. In seeking, I guess, guidance from others, but also knowing that their version is not your version, right? So yeah. I am often yeah. hesitant of, like, self-help gurus or life coaches who, like, espouse as if they know the one and only way. I'm like, there's no one or only way to anything. Mm. You know? Math. Okay, one plus one equals two. Sure, that's a universal truth. Mm. But I, I don't think there are many other universal truths. It depends on what where you're looking at it from, what your lived experiences are, what your context is. So, mm-hmm. But I think there's still value in... Um, and being open to other opinions and, and perceptions of how you can approach your own mental health or your life. Um, there's a couple of people that I've, I've mentioned Brene Brown earlier. I don't know a lot of her work, but I do, when something's shared on social media, I do find value in what she has to say. Mm-hmm. She's a qualitative researcher and social worker out of the States wow. who um, researches shame and stigma. And the stuff that she says, is just, it's, I find it very profound. People give her flack because if you rely on traditional research methods, which are quantitative, like double blind studies, that kind of thing, yeah. qualitative doesn't look like that. It's like sometimes it's like word maps and things that are a bit more soft and like malleable. Uh, but the way she approaches it, I think there's still value in, in respecting the research that she's done. Um, and then there are other people like I think I've, I told you when we met uh, Daniel Laporte. She's kind of like a self helpy person from yeah. the West Coast, mm-hmm. uh, Vancouver but she has a great lens. Like I've subscribed to her uh, newsletters and her emails and I find them very helpful. It's She's very self helpy Like, you know, be positive, radiant light. But, at the, but halfway through that, it'll be like, like not everyone gets this opportunity and you're going to screw it up. You know, it's like mm. she, she kind of annoys me sometimes, but most of the time it's like I find everything that she has to say very valuable. Um, I also did The Artist Way. It's like a three-month commitment um, by Julia Cameron with like 10 different assignments or homework that you do every day or every week um that I found very helpful but again I was a flight attendant so I had more time to do it I wasn't in school so I did most of the the homework that that book suggests while in other cities you know so I was given that was a great gift the time that I had as a flight attendant it allowed me to do a lot of the things that I never thought I could do wow for myself so yeah Uh, self-help get it I saw you have a Rumi Kapoor I think book or is it right is that how you say his name or their name um uh, on yourself out there, it's like I know that's, it's a hymn, right, Rumi? Yeah, I I'm think pretty, so. oh, pretty gosh, sure. Oh gosh, I'm terrible. Oh, me too. I'm glad, glad you make the same face that I am. I'm like, oh uh-huh. <laughs> but I mean, some of the stuff that gets shared from their work, I find very profound mm-hmm. and helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like none of it is the answer. All of it contributes to an answer. Yeah. You know. So, yeah.
0: So then, uh the question I like to ask everybody mm-hmm. is, what does it look to you to be mentally healthy?
1: Oh. Oh, it's funny because to answer that question, I most often have to think about what did it look like to not be mentally healthy? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, actually, I've never really thought of it that way. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's like the contrast of the times I was most dark or what make me think of like the opposite of that is what might be the most mentally healthy. Um, Like, for instance, I didn't do my taxes for five years. Wow. You know, I just sat on them, waited to do them, and I had cashed out all my RRSPs one year because I wanted to party, um, and so of course I had a huge tax bill and like everything fell apart and it was very dramatic, um, yeah. but I've come out of that, you know. So like I think yeah. like for me, when I like think of like a seven to ten out of uh, out of ten, like that, like four points, it's like I took my dog for a walk, you know, I didn't have any dark thoughts, or if I did, I there were dark thoughts that I understood, they weren't like unwanted, obsessive, like come out of nowhere thoughts, um you know on top of my finances like good relationships like was respectful to my mom like helped her out with something um ate well drank lots of water you Mm -hmm. know and so I think sometimes people think "Oh, to be mentally well I'm perfect I'm like for me if I'm mentally well I've respected routine you know like Like, and and things that just would make anyone healthy Mm -hmm. you know went to bed at a reasonable time you Mm -hmm. know those to me that's those are the building blocks of mental wellness. Mm. So if I focus on those, then the other will come usually. But also, I, I'm I don't take medication, so I'm you know I'm not anti medication at all. I just for me it's like I those are the same things that would matter to people who are on medication. You know, it's it's all the same. It's just I'm I guess I'm just in a different boat in that way. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I like that. Also, being a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Having lots of money. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> totally would help. I feel like that would, there was a study actually they did where, um, it was out of the States where they evaluated a bunch of people on their happiness quotient. I don't know how they defined happiness, but out of however many people they interviewed, they realized that the perfect, not the perfect, but the most likely, um, threshold for being happy was between 50 to $70,000 a person.
0: No made, way. yeah
1: they said above that there was really not much of a measurable difference you had more access to doing things that could bring you happiness but for whatever reason it didn't bring more happiness so like people who made a million dollars versus people who made $50,000 were on average around the same level of happiness but below 50000 there was a remarkable, like a remarkable difference in like happiness which makes sense it's like I don't know I've made $20,000 a year and that was a struggle you know right. which is what you make on minimum wage so it's shocking, right Yeah. Um, that's what frustrates me most about mental health is like all the answers out there and all the things that we could do as a society we're, we, we know what the answers are you know being more equitable, making sure people have access to resources, making sure they have access to health you know having to pay a bunch of money for pharmacare you know mm. but we rely so heavily on morality and like I guess people's perceptions of like who's good and who's not mm. that like that's what defi- defines how we approach social problems like homeless people aren't homeless because of barriers within society most politicians will tell you it's because they didn't work hard enough you know what i mean and so it's like we have all the answers we have all the resources we have all the ability to solve most of the world's problems but instead we don't we just fight over who's better and who's not which is depressing yeah (laughs) where's the optimism in that (laughs) yeah
0: i don't know
1: (laughs) i i think it's just like doing something like this is a radical act like having conversations with people about their mental health is a radical act there's a chance for harm like you could say something that you regret later yeah. I don't feel like I have I, from what I've listened to your podcast it doesn't sound like that's what happens but there's always that risk of like you know championing yourself and championing for mental health but then putting yourself at risk so mm-hmm. so I don't know like I've run from politics three times so I'm always like oh god will these kind of conversations get me in trouble will, will this be the thing that causes the party to get in trouble and I don't think so hmm. you know because I've been granted the opportunity to live a more authentic life. So I'm going to take it.
0: i like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Wow.
1: Yeah. God, I just talked for a full hour straight. <laughs> and it was all really good stuff. I hope so. I mean, these are the things I think about a lot.
0: Yeah. You can yeah. tell there's a lot of thought.
1: Yeah. I had an ex-boyfriend who'd, who'd be like, you know, a thing could just be a thing. And I'd be like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> No, no, a thing is never just a thing, you silly, silly man. <laughs> like, a thing is a thing if it's this thing, but if you incorporate this other thought about this thing or approach it from this way, it could be this thing. And maybe it's not a thing at all. Maybe it's a thunk. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So it, sometimes a thing is just a thing, but sometimes a thing isn't a thing. I remember oh, another story from when I was a kid, but I was... um. Probably like fifteen or sixteen, it was lunchtime or a recess, and we my high school was really close to like a needs convenience, mm-hmm. so like well, I was really big, so like waddled over to the needs and like used my two dollar allowance from the day and was like, I'm gonna buy a chocolate bar, mm-hmm. and for the whole period of the recess, I stood in the chocolate bar aisle, going, Twix bar, Mars bar, Twix bar, Mars bar, <laughs> Twix bar, mm, Mars bar, <laughs> and and then I heard the recess bell go, and I didn't buy either. Because I spent so much time thinking about which one I wanted and which one was going to make my life better. And the other, it's like both would have been fine, but it's like I just agonized over which one was better. And so, like, I think we that's true for most people, but a kinds of things. Like, if I make this decision, my life will be better. And sometimes that's true, you know? You have a toothache, you go to the dentist, you're probably, your life will be better. Right. But sometimes it's just like, I don't know, get the Mars bar today, get the Twix bar tomorrow. <laughs> you know, like, right. You know? Or get both. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. like we like we did at the uh, old apothecary. Yeah, we just got both. (laughs) So I don't know. Yeah, we shouldn't be so hard on ourselves.
0: You know what? I so agree with Mm -hmm. that. I've recently had conversations with people Mm -hmm. where. Well, I've like where they've said to me, You shouldn't be so hard on yourself and where I've been saying to other people, you shouldn't be so hard on yourself.
1: Oh, it's if it only was that easy, right? It's like right. when people tell you to calm down. Like oh. when in the history of telling someone calm down does it work? Yeah,
0: right? Never. When has that ever
1: been? I'm pretty successful? sure I told my mom to calm down this morning. and As soon as I say it, I'm like, are you idiot <laughs> You know that doesn't help. Yeah, it God. Doesn't really happen. Or like when I look at my dog I'm like, pee faster <laughs> Like, that's not gonna work. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's true, like we should all be easier on ourselves. But also I wish we lived in a society where it was easier to be easier on ourselves.
0: Oh. You know?
1: It's like, because things are not structured in a way that allow us to do that. We have to, like, overcome barriers to be easier on ourselves.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're absolutely right.
1: hmm Yeah. But the conversation is usually focused on how as individuals we can work harder to do the thing. And I'm like, well, maybe we should work harder on making society and making it easier for us to do those things. hmm Yeah. So burn it all down. <laughs> yeah, Start over. <laughs> yeah. Not actually. Lots of yeah. great people. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> thank you. Like, thank you so much. Oh, it was my pleasure. I'm so glad this worked out. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And I'm glad I got to steal your makeup brushes and take a sweater. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> the swag for this podcast is great. It's great. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like everybody out there, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I hope that... This is something that has helped bring some insight uh, to some, perhaps some of the struggles or thoughts that you are having. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just remember that wherever you are, mm-hmm. I'm just sitting here.
1: In your closet.
0: In my closet. Yeah. Loving you.
1: Yeah. Oh, can I plug my stuff?
0: Yes, please. Sorry,
1: I totally forgot about doing that.
0: No, uh, I I forgot to ask. Oh. I, I'm really bad at that.
1: Well, you just let me ramble for a whole hour. So it's like... <laughs> 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 I,
0: I loved it. I was enthralled. Like I was like okay, really had
1: so uh, yeah that was good Uh, oh well yes plug well yeah like i have my own podcast called quirky and or queer it's really new by the Mm -hmm. time this episode comes out i'll probably have six or seven episodes up um i've been loving the process it's been really really rewarding i've been talking to people about their experiences of otherness which i feel i mean that's what this this podcast is essentially doing the same thing in lots of ways just a different frame of reference right um because we all have an experience of being different Mm um so lots of quirky people lots of queer people um um and then so yeah, you can follow that at quirky and or queer uh for instagram and then it's www.quirkyandorqueer.com and then your favorite podcast app uh, and then my own personal instagram is at t johnny so t-e-e-j-o-h-n-n-y and so I have lots of photography on there as well,
0: and it's really good photography. Thank you. Yeah, you're yeah. welcome. I have so, enjoyed it very much. Oh,
1: I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely my that's my main thing right now. Like that's what I'm hoping to move. I'm in school for social work, but I I feel like those two creative and social justice will always sort of overlap each other for me. I love it. God willing, I'm not even that religious. I've said it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Universe willing, maybe. universe willing, greater being willing. Yeah, Twix or Mars bar willing. <laughs> Yeah, that's my god. Yeah, sweets, sweets, yeah, Sugar. When I make a statement like that, I always look at the microphone because I feel like it helps. I don't <laughs> it didn't. Know why. It was very intense. Yeah, it's like yeah. cross-eyed for you to be like. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, but and I felt it. I totally <laughs> felt <ahead>. the intensity. <laughs> Me too. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Well. All right. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.